This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, they're coming. They're coming for your kids. That's uh, my prediction for 2023. The uh, mask cult, the COVID crazies, they're not letting up. (laughs) They are not going away. They're uh, talking about, thinking about returning uh, a mask mandate to Boston public schools. I think they've already done that in L.A. and uh, Philadelphia, they're going to do it everywhere. Get ready. You're going to have to wear masks to go into restaurants and stores and malls. Nobody seems to ask, stop and ask the question, do these things work? Because they don't, but uh, they just can't let it go. Uh, We'll give you the latest. Adam Carolla's in trouble. Yeah, he said only uh, old people and sick people, fat people are dying from COVID. And uh, people don't like that. They they do not want to hear that. They don't want to hear the truth. Uh, the, the New York Times still loves SPF. They still love the tussle-haired scumbag. Uh, they have a story in the Times about what a wonderful guy he was to the people of the Bahamas. He just he just seemed to spread the wealth. He donated to all their charities and and gave them money. They don't seem to mention the fact that it's stolen money. Very, very generous of SBF to give other people's money out to his friends in the Bahamas. We can read you that amazing story. Just just absolutely nuts. Uh, The conspiracy theories, they're going to go on into the new year. Get ready because the Fauci files have yet to drop. uh, and uh, and, And Musk has been teasing them. He's promising some big bombshells about Fauci. He told us that uh, there was a Fauci fan club inside the walls of Twitter. The employees of Twitter had an actual Fauci fan club. If you were wondering where these lunatics stood, we got more from my favorite, my favorite congressman. I love this guy, George Santos. He just, he just lied about everything and they're uncovering more lies. And I'm hoping he digs in his heels and refuses to quit and just keeps on making stuff up. Cause every time he does, we are reminded about all the other liars, including, including Liz Warren. We'll give you the latest lies that uh, Jewish George Santos has told on the campaign trail. And it's uh, another, it's a great week in the NFL Monday night football, Buffalo at Cincinnati. I am, Unusually excited about that one. We will make our NFL picks, and Ironhead will try to keep his streak alive 17 weeks without a winning week. Mate, that is just an amazing run you're on, Ironhead. We'll see if you can keep it up today on the Callahan Show, brought to you by MyPillow. Today's show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. It's that time of year. It's time to start thinking about the holidays, thinking about Christmas. And this is how you make it easy. You go to MyPillow.com. You can get the standard MyPillow, normally $69.98 for only $19.98. With code word Jerry, MyPillow is made in the USA. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on, and it makes a great Christmas gift. Get it now and support this show and strike back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't available in big box stores and you know why, but you can get factory direct pricing. If you order from mypillow.com using code word, Jerry, not only can you get the pillows, you can get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free half off of slippers. They have the greatest slippers in the world. Six piece towel set, regular one Oh nine 99, just 39 99 with code word, Jerry over 150 products at mypillow.com. Check it out. It really makes Christmas shopping easy. Just go to mypillow.com and use promo code Jerry. Uh, you know what? I, I you know what's amazing this week, uh, Ironhead. We I feel like we're the only ones doing a show every time. Every time I look at my uh, my podcasts and uh, look for something to listen to, everybody's off. We're like we're like. Uh, a Forrest Gump when he has a shrimp boat and all the other shrimp boats get wrecked in a storm. And he's the last shrimp boat out there. He's, he's, he's not doing so well. He's not getting a lot of shrimp until all the other boats, you know, are, are eliminated. And then he, then he hits the mother load. He brings in all kinds of shrimp. That's us. We're Forrest Gump and uh, Lieutenant Dan out on our shrimp boat and everybody else is just uh, 
off to St. Croix or wherever they are. <laughs> I can't, I can't read any more stories about St. Croix. It just sounds awesome. You know, I can't stand the Biden family, but man, they can pick their vacation spots. Oceanfront mansion owned by somebody else. Of course, they're grifting off some big Democrat donor. They got a pool, they got a beach, they got these warm summer breezes. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. And, uh, uh, in a weird way, I respect what Biden's doing. He's telling everyone, you know, sure, you know, the, the southern border's overrun. People are freezing to death in their cars. These storms have wreaked havoc. Flights, the whole, <laughs> the, the whole airline industry has been paralyzed. But he doesn't care. He's off to St. Croix, a place where he's been many times and never spent a nickel. All he does is sponge and leech off big time Democrat billionaires. I'm sure it's all illegal. I'm sure it's all inappropriate, but Biden does not care. He's kind of, he and Santos, maybe Santos in like 40 years, Santos is only 34. So he's got a lot, he's got a, a big time future in politics. And he's taken, he's following in the footsteps of the commander in chief. He's just lying every damn step of the way. We'll get to the uh, Santos lies. This one, this one made me laugh out loud this morning. You got to hear what Santos is lying about now. But first, I got to do this because yesterday we were talking about uh, what to expect in 2023. And I told you it's going to be the year of the transphobe. And I say that with great respect for the leading transphobes like Matt Walsh and Libs of TikTok and uh, Chris Rufo and, and Billboard Chris the guy who's coming to Boston Children's Hospital in a couple of weeks with his billboards telling everybody what's going on inside the walls of Boston Children. Yes, they are removing healthy breasts of young girls and putting young boys on puberty blockers. And uh, it's high time people found out about that. And I think they're going to. I think it's going to be a big story in 2023. But uh, and that's good. I'll tell you what's not good is the COVID crazies have got a second life. I'm not sure how exactly this, this began or what re-energized them, but you can feel it. The, uh, the, uh, the, the COVID crazies are, have a second life. There's no like, like uh, data that suddenly uh, appeared to support this or to fuel this. They just can't go away. They can't let it go. They love COVID. That the, the people in the Fauci fan club, which was a real thing at Twitter, they're not just going to drop it and say, yeah, you know, Fauci was a corrupt little tyrant. The masks don't work. The, the vaccine doesn't stop the spread or stop you from getting COVID. Schools should never, ever be closed again. They're not going to drop it. It's an amazing development. They, they look at what has happened over the last two years, what the damage that has been done by the communist Chinese and their allies here in the U.S. That would be that would be Fauci and his cult. And they say, uh, we want more of that. We want more of that. I, I, I can't get my mind around the kind of person that wants to mask up a six-year-old knowing the damage it does, knowing that it does, there's no real benefit, and they want to double down. Before I get to that amazing story in The New Yorker, I just want to do this one from uh, it's from uh, Boston. And I read this with disbelief. Uh, this is from Boston.com. Boston Public Schools is considering, I'm not sure why that's uh, singular, Boston Public Schools is considering possible changes to its COVID protocols in the new year, including a possible mask mandate. Now, when you hear that, when you read that, that they're thinking about a mask mandate, that means they are implementing or re-implementing a mask mandate. These kind of people don't think about things like this. They don't consider things like this. They do it. They want to do it. They love the control. They love to virtue signal. So when they say they're thinking about it, that means they're doing it. They're going to do it. They're going to mask up children again. It does no good. There's no benefit. There's great harm. They don't care. They can't let it go. So get ready if you have kids in, in public schools in, in Boston or any city, any blue city full of COVID crazies. 
get ready because it's coming back. And you know what that means? You're going to see angry parents. You're going to see people screaming at school board meetings like we did you know, a year ago, two years ago. That's coming back. That's a, that's a, a sure thing for 2023. And I feel bad for parents of young kids. You might escape this iron head up in New Hampshire, but if you're in a city, a deep blue city run by crazy authoritarian socialists like Boston Mayor Michelle Wu or LA Mayor Karen Bass, they don't care about the science. They don't care about the data. They love uh, 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 their authority. They love power. They love control. And there's no better way no more obvious way than to say, put on that useless mask because I insist. And people say, but we know it doesn't work. I don't care. Do it anyway. We have yet to see any evidence that a cloth mask works on anybody, let alone a six, seven-year-old who's pulling on it and drooling on it and yanking on it. It does nothing except make these tyrants feel better. If you don't believe me, if you think we've gotten past that, like most people have gotten past it, um, check out some of the, I mean, this is, there's a couple stories this week, which should wake everybody up. One, one was in the New York times. I'll get to the New Yorker, but the New York times, these are the papers of record for the tyrants, you know, for the crazy socialist cultists in the Fauci fan club, the, uh, the New York times one, is friggin' hilarious. Uh, I think I tweeted it the other day, but uh, I just sent you the picture that goes with it because it just—it's hilarious. Uh, it's about a couple, and I think they're—they're they're both non-binary. Of course, that's the—that's uh, the audience. Those are the people who actually still read the New York Times. Non-binary people in New York City, and they are upset because their online board game club <laughs> is going—is going in person. And not everyone will wear a mask and they say they will show up. And they're these two people, those are industrial strengths masks. I don't know which one's which they're both. I think they're both non-binary. They're a couple and they're pissed because they insist their board game club. If they meet in person, everyone must wear their masks. And these are some weird masks. These are some serious surgical masks and they must have an air purifier in the room. <laughs> it feels like these people just will never leave 2020. You know, it's always going to be 2020 to them. It's going to be this scary little COVID monster around every turn, just waiting to kill them. I mean, the one on the right clearly is a little, a uh, little overweight, but the other one, what does he think happens if he gets COVID? Does he still think he's going to die? One of the great, uh, um, the most revealing things we learned, I think it was probably a year ago, was they did a poll uh, and, and it was the number of people who will die of COVID if they get it. And Democrats said it was like 40%. They don't know the truth. They don't want the truth. They don't care. This, this was a hilarious story. But the, the other one, this came out, I don't know, a day or two later. In the New Yorker, just look at the headline of the New Yorker story. They're not messing around. The case for wearing masks forever. And they have a story about this nutty or group. It's called the People's CDC, which doesn't agree with the CDC because the CDC doesn't, you know, insist on masks anymore. They've, they've, they've dropped some of the mandates, some of the uh, some of the more hardcore measures that they were recommending initially, and they don't want to drop anything. They want every, they want closed schools, closed businesses, everything else. And they're insisting that people wear masks indefinitely. And look at that. That's a plate. That's a paper mask that doesn't do anything for you, but they go through this whole thing. It's a group. Some of them are, are doctors and medical professionals and they meet, obviously, uh, remotely to talk about how they can combat the latest from the CDC. And it's just these insane people talking about how they're all suffering from long COVID. Boy, I have my questions about long COVID. But here's my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I'm 
telling you, I, I, I read these stories and I, and I get it. I genuinely laugh. I genuinely find these people funny, hilarious. They are so mockable. But here's uh, just one line from the story about this COVID cult. The group has noted that resistance to masks is most common among white people. Lucky Tran, that's a person, who organizes the coalition's media team, recently tweeted a YouGov survey supporting this and wrote, quote, a lot of anti-mask sentiment is deeply embedded in white supremacy. <laughs> so if you're against masks, which means you're, you've read the stories, the science, the data, you understand they don't work, they don't do anything to stop the spread, stop you from getting, you're white supremacist now. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I will admit most uh, Asian people, uh, they're more likely to wear masks but I don't see that among, you know, people of color, black, Hispanic, they don't wear masks more than white people. How did it get to be a white thing? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, if these people, if they weren't real, we would have to make them up. They're if just so funny. If it's controversial, it's, it's a white problem. That's how it usually is. But it, that, that was way down in the story. The story is nuts. The story is absolutely nuts. They are stuck in 2020 and don't think anything has changed that we're all going to, if we, if you get COVID, you're going to die. You'll end up in the hospital on a ventilator. You will die. So you must take every measure, double mask, ventilators, stay at home, everything. They've changed nothing. And these people are coming for us. They're coming for the restaurants, the malls, the stores. They're going to insist that we go back to the protocols of 2020 and wear the masks when you go from your table to the bathroom in the restaurant, but not when you're sitting at your, your seat, they're going to go back to all this nutty. We might not get to the point where they're tearing down the basketball rims and filling in the skateboard parks, but they're going to do their best. They, they'd be for that, but they're going to do their best to go back to some of the more annoying uh, COVID measures, which did nothing. But uh, check this out. Um, this is, <laughs> this is another thing they're going to do. They're going to try to, they're going to attack the, the skeptics. You know, the people who were right about everything, the people who were, who were skeptical about COVID from the beginning, who knew early on that it didn't affect children, that it should, that we should not have closed schools, that we shouldn't have closed gyms, that we shouldn't have insisted people stay home and order a pizza and get fat. You know, people like me who were right about everything all along the way, they're going to continue trying to uh, demonize people. This is, uh, uh, this is uh, from Newsweek uh, last night. Uh, radio host Adam Carolla was blasted after falsely suggesting only the old and sick die from COVID while insulting those who got played by believing medical experts. Turns out the people dying from COVID are old or sick or both. Carolla tweeted, how many of you pussies got played and who's going to get played next time. That's uh, he, he tweeted that a long time ago, but they doubled down on that and said, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're, it affects the old and the sick. That that's, that's true. That's something we knew early on and they just don't want to admit it. Can, can, uh, you know, have young people get COVID. Yes. Some young people die. Yeah. Probably people who, have been immunocompromised or have some other comorbidity. But for the most part, from day one, we should have been protecting the, the vulnerable, the old, the sick, the obese. The, young, the idea that young people, that, they were, that, that the kids had to get vaccinated to go to high school or play on a team or, play on a, or go back to college and step on the campus, that was insane from the beginning. And we know it now, but they just won't let it go. They will not allow us to move on. And uh, I have a feeling it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because as, as I said, they will never admit they're wrong. They will never just step back and admit Fauci was wrong about everything. Fauci is a, is a grifter who's made a fortune, who's made money from big pharma and is about to make a whole lot more money from big pharma. And I think, I don't want to get too optimistic, but I think when we see the Fauci files, which is any day now, because uh, because Musk has been dropping some hints. 
he has been uh, tweeting some things, beginning with his tweet about his pronouns being Fauci. What was it? Fauci lied or something, his, his pronouns. Um, he was tweeting yesterday about science and people that uh, say the science is settled and people who say, I am the science. I think we're going to look back someday at that, that, uh, that comment from Fauci saying, people who question me are really questioning science. The guy is just a raving narcissist. And I think he's not going to be, he's not going to be happy when the Fauci files drop because Musk has seen them. There's a reason he's tweeting about Fauci being a, a scoundrel. And by the way, he tweeted a couple of days ago, I don't know if you saw it, that the person in charge at the CDC of making sure what Fauci does is ethical, like the, the, the ethics person, is his wife. <laughs> it's, just, it's his wife. So the person making sure Fauci is uh, following the rules, Mrs. Fauci. That's who it is. Oh, it's just, it's sick. It's sick. And hopefully when the Twitter files drop, we all see the truth. People, you know, mo- many of us has been, have been telling you the truth for, you know, two years. You know, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci and the, and the left that was, that's been what, almost three weeks now that, that tweet was not just, you know, off the top of his head, just, popped in and thought it would be something funny and, and tweeted out. He did that for a reason. And the left went nuts screaming about it saying, how can you say that about this American hero? I have a feeling in 2023 that we're all going to think different. Well, not all, all of us are going to agree that Fauci is not the person we thought he was. I mean, hell, all of us initially two years ago said, thought he was, uh, you know, thought he was a smart guy with, with the best intentions. And then we learned about him. We learned, we read, we understood what a scoundrel he truly is. And I think the world will know real soon. That's another development in 2023 that I am looking for. But uh, you know what, you know what 2023 is going to be for me. And I hate this because I used to hate uh, the idea of conspiracy theorists that they have done this to me. It's not my fault. All right. They've done this to me. They've made me a conspiracy theorist. The idea uh, that you were a conspiracy theorist used to be a pejorative. You were, uh, you were Alex Jones who had the, you know, the ridiculous uh, conspiracy theory that, that uh, Sandy Hook was staged, that they were actors. He's paying for it now. He's, he's, he's got to pay out a billion dollars for coming up with that conspiracy theory. But every, we used to mock conspiracy theorists, you know, that Rosie O'Donnell said, you know, 9-11 was an inside job because everyone knows fire doesn't melt steel. I mean, we just mocked her. People that said 9-11 was an inside job or, I forget who it was. It could have been Alex Jones said that the Boston Marathon bombing was a false flag operation. I hate these people. I hated Alex Jones. I hated, you know, Rosie O'Donnell or anybody else who came up with these things. And I used to say that, how how much do you, I mean, if you're a victim, one of the, whatever is 200 and something people, 260 people injured on the Boston Marathon bombing or the four people murdered, that must hurt. The The Sandy Hook parents, uh, I mean, that did cause great pain coming up with this ridiculous conspiracy theory. So I hated these people, but I can't help it. They've done it to me. You look at the Twitter files, the FBI colluding with Twitter to, to undermine, to, to overthrow, or first to, uh, to stop the Trump campaign and then to undermine the Trump presidency. You know, 20 years ago, you'd say that's insane. That's nuts. The FBI wouldn't do that. Now we know they do do that. We know how corrupt they are. You look at other things, you know, let, and we'll get to SPF. But here's a good one going into 2023. When are people from both sides of the aisle, when is everybody going to insist, demand, we see the Epstein files? I mean, it's gone, it's kind of gone under the radar with all the rest of the insanity we've seen over the last you know, year from the Biden, the corrupt Biden administration and Twitter files and, and COVID and everything else. But think of this, Jeffrey Epstein was running, had an island, pedophile island. Many famous people went there. 
many famous people, according to some of the victims, raped underage girls. We know who some of the people have been there. Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, you know, <laughs> and yet, and, and Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted. I believe she's doing what, 20 years for trafficking underage girls to famous, rich, famous men. She was essentially convicted of trafficking underage girls to nobody because we never heard who the, the men were. Prince Andrew, we know that, right? He's free. I mean, he doesn't get to wear that crown and the, and the, all the same costumes that his, his uh, siblings do or his, his relatives do, but he's, he's free. He's a free man. He's driving around in his Rolls Royce and his Range Rovers. Don't we believe that he raped underage girls? I mean, isn't that generally understood that that's what they did on the island? We've heard from some of the victims. He, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell trafficked underage girls to rich, famous men. And we've never heard a name. We've never seen the list. We know, we know they have it. They're withholding it. Why? To protect rich, famous men. Are we, are we not supposed to believe in this conspiracy that they're hiding it to protect those guys? Of course they are. So when does the, the public rise up and say, damn it, these are serious, violent crimes, and we need the names. She, she needs to give us, give us the names. The, hell, she doesn't. The FBI has them. They know the names. They have them. They're withholding them. And somehow we just move on. Say, so, yeah, well, you know, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, we've seen the, you know, the fake lists. I, I'd like to believe there's some truth behind them. Because as, as we pointed out the other day, <laughs> on the fake list that's made the rounds of the people who've been to Pedophile Island, the only late-night host who's not on there is Greg Gutfeld. The rest of them are on there. I'm hoping maybe in 2023 that list turns out to be true, because lots of these conspiracy theories turn out to be true. As Musk himself said, just about every conspiracy theory about Twitter has turned out to be true. You know, the collusion with the big tech, with, with you know, silencing conservatives, anybody who questioned Fauci was, was, was censored and silenced and banned. Let's hope that we get the truth in 2023. And what, a better, what better place to start than the list? We know one thing. Epstein covered himself. He had blackmail material on everybody. He videotaped these people. He kept good records. They're out there. The videos are out there. The lists, the logs, we know some people there are, uh, maybe they're nervous. Maybe Bill Gates and Bill Clinton and the rest of them are nervous, but uh, I don't want them to be nervous. I want them to be arrested. <laughs> These are, wouldn't that be a glorious thing in 2023 if Bill Gates, who has done more, who's, who's sowed the seeds of more evil around the world, who, who's, who's promoting abortion and, and uh, in, in, all over the world with his money. He's donated. I, by the way, I sent you this list yesterday. See if you can pop that up. This, this is an amazing thing. Just middle of the day, sitting there, I don't know, watch, reading the news, checking things out. And this list pops up. It is Bill Gates' uh, donations to media outlets, media outlets, for them to promote all the climate crazy, uh, nutty theories. Um, look at this. NPR, Bill Gates gave him $24 million to promote climate alarmism. The Guardian, which I thought used to be a respected newspaper in, uh, in England, $12 million to a newspaper to make sure that they buy into all the COVID, uh, I mean, not COVID, climate craziness. Go ahead down. There's, there's a couple more. Uh, NBC. Bill Gates gives $4 million to NBC to promote and to, to promote clo uh, climate panic, to, to you know, promote Greta Thunberg as our, as our oracle on the climate. BBC. CNN. CNN. Even with this kind of money, they couldn't save CNN+. Plus. CNN. Bill Gates, a private citizen, gives three point. What is that? No, is that 3 million? 3 million. 3.6 million 
for them to promote his crazy climate theories about the world ending any day now and 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 people shouldn't eat meat and drive cars and fly planes and not him but regular people you know he's he wants to starve people to death in third world countries, you know, cause so they can't have power plants and they can't have electricity like we do and running water. That guy gives 3.6 million to CNN. How is that not a big story that the guy is literally paying off media outlets to pro to, to propagandize on his behalf. This guy's evil, evil. And you know what could stop him? The, the Epstein files that that's what could stop him and compromise him forever. All you need to know is about, he thinks he's an authority on health. And you know, when he goes on CNN or BBC, they promote him as an authority on public health. He's got this, he's got the body of, of SPF. He's got the big gut and the big man boobs. And he's just a blob. And he's telling you that, that you he's telling you how to eat, how to live that guy. The guy who went to pedophile Island with Jeffrey Epstein telling you how to live. Hopefully that in 2023, hopefully that fraud, that blob, that hypocrite gets exposed. Uh, let's get to SBF. Um, uh, and to, uh, and to Santos. Uh, Santos is going to make me laugh. I don't want him to quit. I don't want him to go anywhere. I hope he George, stays forever. <laughs> my new favorite congressman, because every time that I was watching, they, 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 it's become a thing. You know, the, um, the uh, January 6th committee is not going to subpoena Trump. They're not going to charge Trump, I don't think. I mean, I don't care if they do. Again, that would open up the, a lane for, for DeSantis. That'd be fine with me. But everything they've tried to pin on Trump uh, as, as it relates to January 6th has gone nowhere. So that's kind of taken the wind out of their sails on NBC and MSNBC and CNN. So they've moved on at least for a day or two to George Santos. And as they do the story and they bring people on and say, this guy should quit. He's awful. He's the worst. It's just like this, this cloud hanging over them. Like, what about Biden? What about Liz Warren? What about Dick Blumenthal? What about Elon Omar? They have so many liars on their side that they, that there's like a giant asterisk in the middle of the screen. Every time they do the Santos story, every time they demand Santos step down. And my favorite one is he should step down because he lied about his ethnicity. Okay, good. Let's have him step down. What about Liz Warren? How can George Santos go and Liz Warren stay? There's no logic to it at all. But if you missed it, we, we went through the whole thing yesterday about his uh, work history, saying claiming he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup when he didn't. His college degree from Baruch College, which he did not ever earn. But <laughs> it turns out he lied about where he went to high school. He said he went to Horace Mann High School. He did not. He said he had employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. He did not. <laughs> He loves to kind of glom on to the to tragedies, you know, like he said, he's hold on. Wait, I can't, you gotta, you can't pop these things up there. They make me laugh. I thought but, that was a segue. I was like, Ooh, nice. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting to it. And he also said he had relatives who died in the Holocaust. That's no big deal. Just using, you know, genocide to advance your political career saying he had relatives. He's not Jewish. We learned that yesterday. He's Jewish, but he claimed he had, I don't know, grandmother or grandfather, great grandmother who died in the Holocaust. He did not. But this, this made me literally laugh out loud this morning. Go ahead, pop it up. Here's two tweets. Uh, the dates, <laughs> we'll give you the dates. The first one on the left was from July of 2021, uh, 9.07 PM. Maybe he's a drinker and he gets drinking and, and that makes, you know, some people when they drink, they, get loud, obnoxious. Some people get emotional or sad. He just lies when he drinks. He writes, 9-11 claimed my mother's life, so I'm blocking you so I don't ever have to read this again. Okay, that's sad. Poor guy lost his mother on 9-11. How many months later is this? Five months later. December 23rd this year marks five years since I lost my best friend and mother. Mom, I will love you forever. <laughs> 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 it, it, it's uh, you know it's it's hard to grade or or quantify 
the the things you can lie about and can't lie about, particularly in Biden's America, when the president of the United States lies about everything, his his you know his education, his <laughs> athletic career, his business ties, you know his his civil rights work, everything. But this guy lies about just the most I don't want to say important things politically, because they're not. They're the most thing. They're the most important things personally. He lies about the most intimate things. His mother died on just one day decides to, while he's sitting down tweeting, decides to say, yeah, I lost my mother on 9-11. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good point. What's his name? Very good. Very good B. B on uh, the comment line says, you know, she died 15 years after 9-11. Some people did, by the way. You know, some of the rescue workers, they got sick and died years later. Could have been. <laughs> but he says in July that he lost his mother on 9-11. And then in uh, that true? In December says she died five years ago. <laughs> he's just insane. He's nuts. And I hope he sticks around because he's going to be, here's, here's the thing with Santos. He's become symbolic. He's, he's symbolic of how hard and how dirty the Republicans are willing to play. Now, I, I believe what he's done is disgraceful. I, I'm, the guy's sick. He's pathological. But if he were a Democrat, they would never, ever ask him to step down. I mean, they don't even acknowledge that Elon Omar married her brother. Mm-mm. They barely acknowledge that Liz Warren lied about her heritage. They wouldn't, the idea, they, they wouldn't even entertain the thought that he quit if he were Democrat. Republicans have different standards, but right now, this is this is a bloody battle, man. This is a street fight, and you cannot give an inch. You have to say, yep, he lied, but he is going nowhere. This guy, Frank, says, don't we have a president that embellishes childhood memories all the time? That's true, but I think there's a difference between being like, yeah, my dad said this, and then some guy going... Uh, I'm Jewish and gay, and I'm right to be elected by you. <laughs> like, and you know what? They're going to keep digging. It's kind of their thing. So <clears throat> this weekend, the New York Times will probably have a big piece, and they're not going to stop about his marriage to a woman, and he got divorced and married a guy. And normally the New York Times would love that, celebrate that, but they hate this man because the set, the, you know, the house is so close. This is a seat they should have won if they did their job in October and September, they would have won that seat. He won easily. He won by like nine points. If, I mean, did he have to lie about everything? If he didn't lie about his, whatever, his college degree, his work history, wouldn't he have probably won anyway? Well, some, I mean, something tells me. It's not like he won by one point. Yeah, something tells me if he didn't lie about some things, he might have got more votes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the idea that he was trying to get votes, so he lied about his grandmother being Jewish. He's not just a political opportunist. He's a sicko, but I find him very entertaining. And I think, again, he's a symbolic. This is, he is a red line man in the sand. If they, if the, if the Republicans give up on him and throw him to the wolves, that's a sign of weakness and Democrats would never, ever do that. And what the Republican base is insisting now is they fight hard, they fight dirty. So it's time to say, yep. He's a liar, but he's our liar, and you have your liars, and you know he's not quitting until Liz Warren quits. How's that? Fair enough? Liz Warren quits, Dick Blumenthal quits, Joe Biden quits, George Santos will quit. Yeah, I think Elizabeth Warren is definitely on the level of this guy's lies, like just lying about your background and heritage. Right. Joe, Joe Biden being like, I like chocolate chip ice cream. It's my favorite. And the next day being like, vanilla is king. Like, that's yeah, the difference. No, no, but he does. <laughs> but we went through it yesterday. He lied about his, his yeah. history, his, his college. And that was when his brain his worked. Class. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's lying. Joe Biden lies about everything. Important stuff, unimportant stuff, little stuff, personal stuff. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, we went through the list. It's endless. And so sure, sure. We'll, we'll throw this guy out with the trash as soon as you guys do period. All right. We got to move because we got to get to our NFL picks with Montante, but I wanted to do this SBF story quickly. Let's do Shay and then we'll do uh, the latest from the tussle haired scumbag. I have a feeling he does not think he's going to prison. I mean, he could be, he could be delusional, or he couldn't know something, but mm. he does not think he's heading 
to, to a prison, to prison for a long time or even a short time for some reason he is confident and we'll tell you, tell you why. But uh, first, this is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that shake concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. this is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front, front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shea, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away. They put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. I guess I should mention uh, the the New York Times again. It is, you know, there's a reason the New York Times doesn't have a comics page. It would be redundant. It is such a joke these days. They did a puff piece earlier this week on SBF. They love SBF. They, everyone knows he's a thief, he's a crook, he's a scumbag, but the New York Times loves him because he gave them money and he supported their candidates and they're not going to let go there. It was an abusive relationship, but they still love him. This story is just amazing. They went to the Bahamas, sent their guy to the Bahamas to write about how popular he was, how the locals loved him. They write about uh, uh, from Washington to wall street. Bankman fried is now persona non grata politicians, investors, and cryptocurrency types all but compete to declare most vigorously how little they think of Bankman-Fried. Not so in the Bahamas, where Bankman-Fried lived for the past year. One year, right? One year. That's Keep that in mind. In a lavish gated community uh, on the western shore uh, of New Providence Island near Nassau, few here predicted that he would spend his final week um, on the island in prison, Quote, I think he has a good heart, said Shamika Moss, a Nassau school administrator. They go around the island and talk to people about how charitable he is. Uh, The connection between the Bahamians and Mr. Bangman Freed reflects a complicated, I love that, complicated set of circumstances. Bangman Freed donated millions of dollars to a dizzying collection of Bahamian charities churches and government entities, including local police. Uh, uh, FDX covered the cost of a ritzy resort ballroom used for a state reception for Prince ha- Prince William and, Kat- and Kate, who were visiting the island. He goes on, the thing goes on and on about how they were donated to local charities and helping local people and how wonderful that is. And I'm reading it and going, it stole, he stole the money. I mean, it's, it's amazing. They mention it in passing. Uh, uh, residents find it easier to commiserate with Mr. Bagman Freed because it's unlikely that FTX's victims, who prosecutors say lost as much as $8 billion to fraud, include many locals. So he didn't rip off, you know, the local guy at the coffee shop. So they love him. And the New York Times says, boy, what a generous guy. He was stealing the money. This is amazing. The the New York Times is just so shameless, just uh, just so unethical. They write this like it's like he's giving his own money. They they write one delivery driver said he tipped more than a hundred dollars when he went for a Burger King rung for SPF. Wait a sec, I thought he was vegan. Can the vegans eat a Burger King? Yes, impossible burgers. He made, run to Burger, he made a run to Burger King and this scumbag gave him a hundred bucks and they act like that's somehow virtuous. I feel bad for him, said Philip Butler, an elder at the Christian Life Church in NASA. 
it's like praising a bank robber who, you know, hands out $20 bills to, to people on the sidewalk as he's running from the bank. Gee, what, that was so generous. He just gave me a wad of cash. The guy with the gun who just robbed the bank at the corner. And they talked to a whole bunch of people about, uh, uh, check this out, by the way. You know, we thought he was in prison, suffering in the Fox Hell prison. And, uh, you know, rats and maggots. And we heard all that. That's why we waived extradition. They said, the, uh, they talked to a former inmate of the prison. He said, typical breakfast was grits and sardines in a moldy cup for lunch, unseasoned meat with rice. Dinner was not often delivered at all. Violence was common, both at the hands of the guards and fellow inmates. By Fox Hill standards, Bankman Freed received the royal treatment. He was held in the medical wing uh, under constant supervision. A vegan, he was given toast and jam for breakfast. Lunches and dinners were stewed greens and other vegetables. So he was coddled even in prison, and he only stayed in there for like three days. This is incredible. But here's what else we know. By the way, Reuters reported that he spent $121 million on 19 homes in this exclusive community in the Bahamas for his employees and his parents. <laughs> so he's stealing money, buying lavish condos for his parents. And somehow we're supposed to think he was generous with the people of the Bahamas. Of course he was. He was generous with other people's money. As soon as he got to California, you know, he f flew first class from New York to California. where he's supposed to stay on house arrest in his parents' mansion. He met with Michael Lewis. That's the author of Moneyball and the Big Short, famous, you know, author. <clears throat> so he's like working on a book. And then he met with Tiffany Fang. I believe you just popped her picture up there. Sure did, babe. Tiffany went, Tiffany, I believe, is uh, stationed in San Francisco. She's a crypto YouTuber and, and commentator. She went to his house and hung out with him. <laughs> Does that sound like a guy who's facing 115 years in prison? doing interviews, spending the afternoon with this smoke show crypto chick well, when, uh, and spending you, a day with Michael Lewis working on a book. When your girlfriend rats on you and she looks the way she does and then that girl, <laughs> that girl reaches out, you say yes immediately. Here's what else I'm predicting. This thing is going to be so corrupt. You know, the first job, judge recused himself because her husband advised FTX. They had to find a new judge. It's connected to everything, everybody, politicians, media people. They're all connected. They're all compromised. He's facing 115 years in prison. He, he stole much more than Madoff. And he's acting like he's looking to cop a plea. His partner, George Yang, and his girlfriend there, Mousy Caroline Ellison, have already turned on him. And he still doesn't look nervous. I'm nervous that somehow he's going to walk even though he should be dying as an, old, as an old man in prison, eating his whatever greens and vegetables. <laughs> I would like to know that. Maybe the New York Times do a follow-up is how a vegan eats at Burger King. But I'm telling you, he knows something. There's my, there's my next conspiracy theory, Ironhead for 2023. This guy is going to get off easier than he should because of, some connect because of all his connections. He's just so, it's just so vile what he did. He just paid off media people, paid off politicians, paid off celebrities. And now he's expecting a return on his, his investment. Time for you to protect him is what he's saying. But anyway, let's get to our NFL picks week 17 Ironhead, And you have yet to have a winning record. Just a remarkable streak. Yeah. Here's our guy Montante. What's up Montante. Not much. I have a bad feeling about this week. I think Craig goes three and one this week. I think he ruins that. I think the, he ruins the one good thing he has going and actually gets hot at the end of the year. Do we even have the standings? Have I, I haven't seen the standings lately. I know they're uneven because Ironhead can't even do a simple pool with four teams, but we know he's in the cellar. What are your numbers? I was, right I, was rec I was recording it for a long time and then Graham took over. So I stopped like eight weeks ago. So we got to make a call. I, mean, to, I know uh, you're in the lead, although I'm gaining. I know you're in the league. I know I'm, 
um, um, right on your heels. And I know Ironhead is making history for uh, for futility here. Um, but uh, how many games under 500 are you, Ironhead? Uh, um, all of them, like a ton. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I stopped caring after lot. week eight, I think. We got a, I do want to see the standings. Now I'm curious. I went three and one last week. I had two bad weeks in a row. So I think I may have extended my lead. But yeah, I think Craig yeah. does go three and one this week, which, which you are, wins the whole thing. You were in the lead. We have the uh, Callahan Coffee and the uh, Shea Concrete hat ready to be shipped to uh, New Jersey. Um, looks like you Lord knows I need the hat. You need the hat hat like I do, extra large, extra, extra large. But uh, quick question for you before we do our picks. Why are there no Saturday games? Damn it, I was looking for it. That was awesome. That was great. Uh, I think that's the format of the future. I think they should adopt the Friday night football. Just go Thursday, Friday. Give me one Saturday into Sunday, one Monday. Just do it every night. Or get rid of of Thursday and make it Friday. I know why they do it. I know why they do it. They do it out of respect for high school on Friday and college for Saturday. They don't want to step on their toes. So they're do, I assume they're taking Saturday off because of college, correct? They don't want to go against the college games. Yeah, there are a bunch of a lot of bowl games. Yeah, and it's Saturday, New Year's, New Year's Eve, right? So there's I think some college football games. So the playoffs. Yeah, so the, that's uh, definitely what it is. That's definitely the what it playoff, is. Playoff. There's the big college games, and I'll watch those too. But last week was great with NFL games all day Saturday. Yeah, we were Sunday. we were spoiled. We were spoiled on Christmas. I mean, some of the games were terrible on Christmas, but no, that format was awesome. <laughs> it was great, um, but. And then Monday night, we have the best Monday night game of the year. We'll get to it. Buffalo at Cincinnati. I'm unnaturally excited about that one. But we start tonight. I don't know if this is a good game. This is not a good game. But it is the Cowboys, and they're good. The Cowboys at Tennessee. Cowboys, what's the number you have there? 12 and a half? It's, it's been 12 and a half for over 24 hours now. So it hasn't moved, which is interesting. Hasn't 12 moved. and a half. Now, Obviously, Tennessee sucks. They, they've lost five straight. Their quarterback is who? Ryan Tannehill is yeah, the rookie out of uh, Liberty University, which I you know is not great in the state of, you know, you guys hate him that. You hate Liberty University. Too, too Christian for you guys. But Malik Willis, the rookie, he's been playing terrible. Derrick Henry, the only bright spot for Tennessee, he's out. So, mm-hmm. see, I can't even though, even though the spread is that big. How do you pick a team like Tennessee? First of all, they, they they, 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 I, I don't like them. I don't like watching them. I don't like, I never get a good feeling from Tennessee. You're right. QB's out. The running back's out. They've lost five in a row. How do you pick them? Even with that number, I, I'm going to show you. I'll show you how you pick them. Uh, you, you pick them like this. You, you hold your nose. Um, they're going to have a very talented backfield with Julius Chestnut and Hassan Haskins. Those are going to be my guys running the rock 12 and a half. I, I'm with you. It's going to be an ugly one. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to – I'm telling you I'm going to cover. Um, the underdog in this matchup the last five games is 4-1 and one against the spread. So I'm going to take it. I'm curious to see what Craig does here. So I think it's such an absurd amount of points that normally I would pick Tennessee, but I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb because I got nothing to lose at this point. I'm just going to go with Dallas. That's that's my damn. thought process. Damn, damn, damn. You know what? We have to have Ironhead go first one of these times. Uh, but next game, Miami at New England. I got a question for you, Montante, right? I want to know how you weigh these two factors. One team, Miami, has lost four straight. They suck right now. But the other team has lost two straight, and they've done it in spectacular fashion. Would you take the team that lost four straight? Just You know, they just lost games, and they just got beat. Or the team that lit themselves on fire and embarrassed themselves in front of the world twice in two weeks. That would be the Patriots losing the famous uh, lateral game to the Raiders and then fumbling in the, the goal line to lose after a spirited comeback to the Bengals. That's that's those are two unforgettable L's, which hurts more. Yeah, no, I think they're exactly equal. Uh, you just hinted towards it. Those those two losses are just as impactful as those four uh, for Miami. So normally when you go that the four would be a bigger losing streak, but no, those way those lost two games was you know historic. Um, loved seeing it. So I I, I kind of almost think the uh, the momentum here is equal. So it's going to come down to who do you who do you like better? So you, uh, you want to let uh, Craig? How do you want to start off on this one? Me. Yeah, you. Yeah, well, the yeah, Patriots. Who do you want to go first here? The Patriots need to win out to make the playoffs. Uh, no, two. Well, if they win out, they make it. That's right, what. but they don't have to. But go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I thought that. I thought they had to. <laughs> no losing, but 
Tua's definitely concussed again, and uh, I'm going to have to go with New England because Tua's going to throw up at about halftime with concussion-like sy- uh, symptoms, and uh, New England's going to win handily. Craig, he's not playing. He's out. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's playing, and uh, I mean, that's better than Malik Willis, I would he's say, hung. but I'm going New England, too, just because Miami stinks. How's that for analysis? Go ahead. Uh, uh, Better than Craig's um, giving out uh, stats that are not accurate. Um, <laughs> yeah, they went out now. Jeez. Oh, um, no, Teddy Bridgewater is not that much worse than Tua. Gets injured pretty much just as much as Tua, but it's not that much worse talent wise. Um, at one point in Minnesota, he looked like he was going to be a top tier quarterback. Uh, one time he was on the Jets too, so ex Jet. So I like Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. Pats are banged up, uh, way more banged up. Right now, questionable are both the running backs, Stevenson, the, the historic fumbler, Harris, both their you know, Henry and John, yeah. who are both. Questionable. This team's banged up. People think Miami's banged up just because of one player. They're not. Miami getting a good number here. I think they win the game. I'll take the three points easily in Gillette. The, the Patriots are a dumpster fire. Yeah, so where's my whatever, whatever. Good, good, good. I, I'm, I'm with Ironhead every step of the way. That's <laughs> plus, but but you gotta look to, uh, at this too. Miami's coming up here. It's gonna be cold. We usually stink when we go to Miami late in the season, but it's all right when they come up here. Will Miami yeah, so be trying? Is the question, Craig? They will be trying real hard. You know what's going to be fascinating is watching Mac Jones, you know, because everybody is uh, kind of losing faith in him. He's he's he's, he's, getting, he's dirty. He's very he's angry. He's angry. He's dirty. And I have no problem with that if you're a, a linebacker or a, or, a, or a gunner or a safety. It's kind of part of the game. See Derwin James, you know, but – as a quarterback, you don't see that. It doesn't generally work to have a quarterback who's a hothead, who's kind of dirty and playing on it uh, uh, on the edge. You know, it doesn't generally work for a franchise quarterback. So if he keeps that up, there's going to be a lot of people saying time to move on for them. Yeah, Mac if Jones. he has the, if they have three points at halftime, they're down seventeen three. Right. Do you think the crowd's going to be booing the hell out of them? They, they're yes. you know, something to make yes. the switch. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be chanting whatever, zappy, zappy, yes. I mean, you see Mac Jones, he's talented. He's more talented than zappy probably, but he's got issues, man. That that cheap shot on Eli Apple, which I don't even know, did the fine come down? Did he get that $11,000 fine? Because it was just so stupid. He wasn't even involved in the play, and he decides, you know what I'll do? I'll yeah, it was inconsequential to the play, yeah, it was – that was a dirty. But I'll tell you what, there is one guy to do that too in the league, and no one will care. Everyone hates Eli Apple, so that's probably the least you know popular player in the league. But still, dirty play. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm telling you, I bring this up every time we talk about Mac Jones. He hasn't gotten in trouble for that Halloween costume. Still blows my mind. Way more offensive <laughs> than that hit. Have you guys seen it? Well, what what is that um, again? He was see if Craig could uh, pull it up. Uh, maybe ne- maybe next week when he's dressed up as Obama with dreadlocks and stuff. It's not good. Jesus. It's, <laughs> it's not great. Now I'm sure that could fly in Tuscaloosa, but right. in Boston, you know, different, different. Uh... All right, see if you can find that Ironhead. Let's get to your Jets, Montante. Your Jets. I don't know why we're picking this game, Jesus. Jets. <laughs> you know why? Minus one point five, minus one and a half at Seattle. Uh, Jets have lost four in a row. Seattle's lost three in a row. Every team we're picking this week has lost like four in a row. Bunch of losers. Uh, yep. Uh, I don't even know who's playing in this game. Who's who, Oh, Mike White's coming back, right? <laughs> Mike White, broken ribs, got cleared finally. He's coming back to take on ex-Jet Geno Smith. Excellent. Why don't you lead us off since you're the big Jets fan? Go ahead. Well, when, during COVID, one of the biggest um, documentaries on Netflix was the Jordan documentary. Everyone remembers Jordan for the flu game. The flu game is going to be old history after this because people are going to remember the Mike White broken rib game. This is a game where he's going to solidify himself as the Jets quarterback for the next eight years. We're going to walk into Seattle, right? We're going to go right past all the weird liberals homeless in the street. We're going to walk in there. We're going to kick their butt. We can't curse on here. The Jets are going to win this game by multiple touchdowns. You got to remember, look at that. Oof, that's not good. Uh, you got to remember that Robert Sala, the ex-head coach, the head coach of the Jets, used to play against uh, Pete Carroll twice a year. So we know this team we know Geno Smith. They don't know Mike White. Jets, big, minus one. And actually, moved to minus two. Jets, minus two. I'm going with Seattle just because uh, I, I, I don't want to pick all the favorites. And, we're against uh, each other on everything here. Jeez. And the Jets are dysfunctional. Every team on the on the board this week is dysfunctional. So I'll, I'll go with the home team. You know, the 12th man's going to make the difference. What do you think, Ironhead? Well, 
I keep I keep picking the Jets, and every time I do, they lose. Yeah, it's not a good strategy. Believe me. So uh, I'm going to go with the Jets minus two here. Um, Excellent. Just at this point, I'm just going to weaponize myself to ruin Montante. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> it's working we well. Can, we, can you can you bring that up again, Jerry? Did you see that? Yes, this is, uh, here's the problem. You made it sound like he went in blackface. Yeah, he was he wearing a mask. That's a mask. That's, that's not that's good, different. Though. He didn't paint, it's not like he's Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon painting himself black or right. Justin Trudeau. It, it is different, for sure. It's a mask with the President of the United States. I mean, uh, Why does he have dreadlocks? That's a good question. Why does he have dreadlocks? Iron that. How do we even <laughs> see the thing that he did well too? Is that now it's a mask? You can't. You can always be like, "How do you know that?" Yeah, him? you could do like Ralph Northam say, uh, "I I don't know. It wasn't me." I mean, you're covered up. How do you know and that's they, him? They, you know, I, I should be a big Mac Jones fan. It says no Obama, no Obama. Yeah, you're right. That went over big in Alabama. Yeah, I don't know why. I haven't seen that before. But are we sure it's him? Yeah, I've been, I've, been the, I've been the only one infatuated with this story for like five years now. No one else seems to care. Yeah. He's only been a patron for two years. Um, Guys, Buffalo, he's, he's clearly dressed Buffalo as no minus one and a half. Buffalo's favored at Cincinnati? Yeah, but by points. Daniel toss-up. Cincinnati's won seven games in a row, and every single game they beat the spread. So I'm going with the hot team here. I know they're both good, but... I am going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. How about you, Montante? Yeah, I'll be I'll be the first time this week we're agreeing. Uh, I mean, Buffalo, you have to take into account. They're coming off a really weird week weather-wise. People dying, freezing in the snow. Uh, and then you're going to go up against the hottest team in the NFL. I think these teams will meet again. And I think Buffalo beats them in the playoffs. But um, I think the Sunday night football game, I think uh, Cincinnati will be victorious um, Sunday night against the Bills. I'll take I think it's Monday, Monday night. Monday night. Monday night, I'll take him Monday night. I'll take him Sunday. If they played Sunday, I'd take him too. I'll take him again on Monday, plus one. Uh, I think I think you're right about uh, that, but I think it's reversed. I think Buffalo's going to win this game and lose in the playoffs. That's how it's going to go. So I'm going to go Buffalo, minus one and a half. What a good Monday night game that is. But all right, we will uh, leave it there, Montante. Uh, thanks, man. And uh, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Now we can add that to Mac Jones, uh, yeah. a guy who is uh, embattled, who is beleaguered at this point. People, yeah, you guys uh, got to talk about that more. And you got to talk about the Chilean election. You guys still have not covered that. But um, can you, uh, can you have, before you go, answer me one thing. Yeah. Why is Derek uh, Carr benched and sent home by Josh McDaniels? I think there's a big um, incentive-based thing that they're doing this for, so, so they can cheap out of a big bonus. I believe, I believe that's kind of the genesis behind it. I mean, also bench, mistakes, but benching him is one thing. I mean, he's like your franchise quarterback. That's a big deal. But saying we don't want you around, I didn't yeah, know because if, if, if Stidham gets hurt and he goes in, he can hit the incentive. So. Get him out of a different state. You, save yourself you can't send a guy home. Just doing to I mean, doesn't the union have some say in that? It just seems very strange. They but, will. Uh, very, very strange. Jared Stidham is your starting QB for your Las Vegas Raiders, which, who beat the Patriots just two weeks ago. But uh, apparently that didn't save anybody's job. Didn't save Derek Carr's or Josh McDaniels, but we'll see. All right, thanks, Matante. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. I'll talk to you guys next year. Bye. I, I don't think I don't think Mac Jones is going to be in trouble for that costume. Just me. No. I mean, I don't know why he has uh, dreadlocks, but uh, is it great? No, uh, but it's it's a mask. Right, it's a mask. He didn't paint his face, and you, and whoever said it's right, he could just deny it was him, can't he? Just say it wasn't me. For sure. All right, we will leave it there. The uh, the uh, creep <laughs> is uh, looking at me through the window uh, from his. Uh, palatial estate in uh, St. Croix, but uh, we will leave it there. We're taking the weekend off. Everyone else took the whole week off. So we're taking the weekend off next week. We will be back and we will be raring to go. That's where we start officially with Newsmax. Newsmax is uh, going to be helping us out. What else are they going to do? Ironhead? They're going to, they're going to put it on their platform. They're going to tweet it out. They're going to help us with sales. They're going to help us with production. I'm not sure how much of a difference it'll make when you sit down and listen to this show, but uh, it ain't going to hurt. So we're looking forward to that. We are going to be doing a regular Friday show. 
We're going to do our, our uh, local show for our subscribers at a different time. We'll continue to do that. We appreciate everybody who subscribes, who listens, who watches, but uh, uh, Newsmax is insisting Monday through Friday, which will begin the following week since there'll be no holidays. But uh, uh, from now on, I guess you will hear a show, a free show, a regular show on Fridays. So we're looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to all the, all, all the things that Newsmax is going to help us out with. And, uh, and uh, we will see what it brings, but it's not going to hurt. I'll say that, but anyway, thanks to everybody. Thanks to everyone who listened and supported us all year. We're looking forward to a big 2023. I hope everyone has an awesome new year's uh, Ironhead. Got any big plans? Now we're going to do Christmas on new year's Eve with my parents because Christmas was canceled due to illness. So we're doing that tonight, uh, Christmas, like Christmas dinner, I guess. And with my family, my wife's family, because we all were sick over Christmas. So we're kind of doing the same thing. And uh, New Year's, we'll do my usual, just kind of walk around the city and look at fireworks and look at ice sculptures. But I think it's going to be too warm for ice sculptures, which is awesome. It's going to be in the 40s and 50s, which is great. You'll actually be able to walk outside and... Uh, take in all the city has to offer on new year's hope everyone has a good one i'm jerry callahan this is the callahan show and we'll we'll talk to you again tuesday what was that january 3rd tuesday january 2nd whatever it is talk to you next week shaking my head and thinking something ain't right is it just me am i losing my mind am i standing on the edge of the Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.